Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you know what time it is? Uh, is it time to get ill? Uh, no. Okay. Then No. Okay, good. It's nearly halfway through the year, which oh, means you're right. It it's is. time for us to do a quick rundown of our gear of the year so far. Yes. Um, in December, as always, we'll be doing our big gear of the year celebration rundown of our favourite gear of the year. But every year, we also do a kind of mid-year episode, and it's time for that now. If you want to hear what our thoughts are on this year uh, in gear so far, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where from as little as one $1 a month you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast and $5 a month gets you access to an extra half an hour of Guitar Nerds every week so this week uh, it's me Jay and Matt doing a bit of a, a shootout of our best gear and sharing some thoughts of how 2017 is shaping up so far patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello. And Jay Cross. Hello. No Joe Branton this evening. Who? He, exactly. He is uh, out recording with Polymath. Um, he reckons he's doing 2am, no, 9am to 2am every day for like eight days. He's going to be a wreck. No, I think it's more than that. I think it's like... I think it's like 10 days. I think he's just doing eight days where they're only in the studio and then he's just doing evenings, I think, after that. so I can't wait to hear that one song that they're going to record. I saw him briefly the other day and firstly, he looked absolutely wrecked. He looked about 10 <laughs> years older after two days in the studio. Um, but also he said... We, they recorded a 45-minute song, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Something did. like that. He had well, said I, th- that they I think that. the new record is one song. No, I think it's three I think it's songs. I split into like... I, I think it's three songs over, um, like, but I think it's got to be a double LP. I'm sure that's what he said. Yeah, it is a, dub- it is a double LP because no label would put it out. <laughs> of course. So it's digital only, so they're doing, like, a limited pressing on vinyl, and then it's, like, digital download only. Sounds... I mean, absolute- I'm into it. I mean, I like Joe's band. I know you Dread- guys don't really dreadful. care, but I like Joe's band, so it's all right. No me. song should ever, ever be longer than four was, minutes. Um, four minutes is the absolute maximum. Three minutes, not ideal. Two minutes, pretty good. If you can get it somewhere between the one and two minute mark, you've got me for life. Like, that's how short they need to be. What about the Beatles? Yeah, most if, on the early albums, most of the songs are less than two minutes. What about on the later albums? Well, you know. <laughs> you give them, Revolution give them a- the song, nine. the songs, yeah. I mean, you just forget about that. The songs are that good that uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. But I should check them out. Really, you should. I reckon you should the probably Beatles. listen to the Beatles. There's, they were sort of like this quite obscure sort of rock band back in the day, the 1960s. Yeah, um, one of them died. You got and got replaced by someone else. John Paul George yeah. up the front, Bongo on the drums, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and yeah, there's a couple of nice little tunes. Cool. They did um, 
that's the way you want it. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where this is going. Um, Matt Knight, talking about Joe Branton, you had a, a chance encounter with his doppelganger, Bo Banton, this week. Yeah, a much nicer, friendlier, <laughs> smarter, all-round, better guy, just Bo go, Banton. Just go up to him and go, all right, Bo, do you like prog? Nah, just don't rubbish. Nah, hate, it. It. <laughs> hate it. Hate it. I love yeah. a bit of Britney. Do you want, do you want, to, do you want to go for a drink? Oh, don't touch the stuff, mate. Oh, <laughs> 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 Oh, how long is that new song you wrote? Oh, it's under a minute. It's an absolute banger. Beauty. Use any pedals? Nah, mate. Straight in. Well, <laughs> well, the Bo the Bo Banton character, as portrayed uh, in your uh, new video, Matt, has uh, he's got a fair few pedals. Yeah. So we were um, at work. We were tasked with creating a funny advert for the MS3, which is incredibly difficult when you're not really a comedian and trying to script something funny is pretty impossible. So I called Joe Branton and said do you want to do something funny? Because Joe is generally quite quite funny, like what? most of the time. No, he's what not. he just says, oh, he's, oh, I don't know, I find him quite funny. I would say I think he's, it's the he's not funny. He is a joke, but he's not funny. Yeah, I think that's probably why I called him. Joe, you're a joke, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> joke Branton. Do you joke want to be Branton. in a joke? <laughs> joke Branton. <laughs> um, so we were like, what What can we do? Because obviously like, people have been pretty sort of into the MS3 as, as a pedal and kind of, we were like, how can we kind of like sum everything up in like one funny punchline? So we were like, well, there's loads of stuff in it. So why don't we just set the MS3 up as a physical rig, as it were, and then have someone talk through it. So we took over 200 pedals down to a studio in Reading. <laughs> of course. How did you, how did you carry all boards. of your pedals down from down from your bedroom, Matt? I got my stretch boss limo. Yeah, it's like just one long boss pedal. Um, yeah, so we took it down, set everything up, and then we kind of just let Joe kind of riff on it, and then we kind of set a few things up, and then we like sort of went, "Oh, it'd be funny if you said this." And then it took about five hours, I would say, of setting up and then walking through it over and over and over again until we just did a take, and we were like, "That's it. That's that's hilarious." Um, and yeah, we were like, I was like. What would be better is if you said you were Bo Banton. Because we couldn't think of a band name and we couldn't think of like a musician name. We didn't want it to be Joe. But we thought it'd be funny because so many people have found Joe hilarious in his tight trouser prog ways in the actual MS3 video. So we thought we'd kind of take the mick out of that as well at the same time. I'm, I'm curious to know, what did the, um, what did the uh, seniors at Boss think oh, about? Oh, they loved it. They love they love they love Bo Banton. They love Bo Banton. I think he's going to make more appearances. <laughs> I just thought it would be. I just thought it would be great if Bo Banton was a real thing, and uh, now he is. Good officially. I, I have Guitar to say, jokes in pedals. Yeah. I have to say, I I thought the advert. As much as I hate to admit it, because it, Joe had such a big. You know, I like to be supportive of you, Matt. But you know, I'd say my disdain for Joe outweighs my love for you. So you know, but. Um, <laughs> But I, I thought the advert was really good. I yeah. thought it was. I thought it was right, really good, and I thought Joe pulled it off really funny, uh, really well. And like, I uh, there's part of me that you know just feels like I, I can't believe that this weird character that spawned off of the back of Guitar Nerds has now made it to the mainstream music press. <laughs> so good. But it didn't even spawn from here. It was just someone started an Instagram Well, account. yeah, completely. Bo Banton. Someone on, the, uh, someone on the Facebook group said, wouldn't it have been funny if uh, he was playing a, a Bahateli and a Blues Junior, which I appreciate you couldn't have done because, you know, you've got an amp that That is, would have been fantastic. You know, but that would have been yeah. so... Just like getting in a couple of extra little... Uh, uh, guitar nerds Easter eggs into the. I think that it should be what you need. What you good. do now, you need, just need to try and get some guitar nerds Easter eggs into each video that you do. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I took some of the because um, obviously we couldn't use two hundred boss pedals, so we did take some other ones down. So although you can't see anything clearly, clearly the audience participation pedal is the techno foo. Because I, was just uh, I like, did, I saw that <laughs> <laughs> the Svi sound techno foo. That's the I one. was like. We were like, oh, we need to get the lights flashing. Even though you couldn't see it in the final cut because we did it all as one take. Like, I was like, how am I going to get the lights working? So I just cranked, I plugged all the pedals in and just turned the gain up on everything and then just left the lead unplugged. And it was just going mental. Like, all the lights were going crazy. <laughs> for, the, for those um, not in the know, it's a, um, a pedal that sounds, I guess, like 
It's a metal pedal, isn't it? It sounds a bit it's like, like a metal zone. Yeah, it sounds like a, a metal zone, like a but metal, it, but it's like in this weird like die cast chassis. Um, but it's got like volume controlled lights on it. So the more you like, the harder you play. Like the lights change color and stuff. I did spot that, Matty. So that was uh, that was well um, well done, I think. But um, I just it was it was funny because we we there was a, a video that not doesn't ha- it hasn't had that many views, but another pedal company made a video called like stuff guitarists say yeah and it's just like and it's them these people going oh man my pedal only sounds good when it's got the blue led and things like that and it was like all these like cliches and we were like what can we kind of fit in and actually when you try and get it down to a minute yeah it's really difficult because originally it was supposed to be 30 seconds and we were like that's impossible listen my you vision- can't get enough across in 30 seconds my vision for this is you need to speak to the um the the management of boss and you need to get this played somewhere on tv in japan and so bo bantam becomes you know like in lost in translation where bill murray's character's doing like the whiskey adverts yeah. imagine just bo just there doing a little suntory whiskey advert <laughs> Um, on like a massive billboard in Tokyo somewhere. That is, would be the ultimate dream. Because I mean, you've been to Japan, right? The adverts in Japan, like on billboards and stuff, are like oh, they're, mental they're compared huge. to the stuff over here. Yeah, they're you know, if you get one of those like headline, I mean, you see it in that film. I think that's the kind of good example that a lot of people would have seen, like Lost in Translation, where you know Bill Murray goes over there as an American, uh, or he's an actor who's, uh, oh, so he's playing an American actor who's kind of on the sly doing whiskey adverts in Japan. Um, and his face is like plastered everywhere. I just want that for just Bo Banton. The side of Tower I mean, Records. that would be amazing. The side of Tower That'd Records in Tokyo. Just a big so Bo Banton holding an MS3. That would be well, uh, that would I make mean, my day. I heard from the um, the engineers, because obviously there's a lot of younger engineers now now working at Boss yeah. and who worked on the MS3. And they all loved the video and bought Polymath Records. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so Fantastic. I can see, like, I was like, I said to Joe, I was like, I better get your international shipping. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorted. But I was like, it'd just be hilarious. I mean, that would obviously be hilarious. If she's like, yeah, can you come over and play a gig? Yeah. Just want to see him, like, and end then up. they take off. I think bigger than that, I think it, the band needs to get big, but he needs to become the character needs to become a celebrity and end up on like a game show in japan that was my that's my <laughs> ultimate dream if that happens i'm so i think we should just finish the podcast because the, <laughs> it's mission complete you know job done at that point jay cross how you doing i'm good thank you good good you got some news of your own i do i, I do have some news of my own so um i haven't really said anything because i wanted to get settled in and everything but i've got a new job oh yeah Started a new job a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Um, and milkman. Yes. The first world's first vegan milkman. <laughs> <laughs> and I work for Fender now. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, another one of these <laughs> inside. Um, that's basically what I'm working with now. All three of you trying to get your little plugs in and ruin this podcast. Not at all. Not at all. So- and I'm the one who has to be here, the voice of reason, the last angry man, <laughs> saying no. Reel it in. Yeah, so I'm a Fender now, um, and there won't be too much for crossover because my job. So I am now product manager for um, Fender Audio, okay. the audio division, which is basically uh, PA. I know you. I didn't know that Fender did PA. That's why I'm here, my right. friends. So this is getting cut out. <laughs> um, also, uh, I am in charge of in in monitors. Did you not know the friend did in a right. exactly that's why I'm cut. here? That's okay. getting cut. That's that's my territory. Okay, right. only I may <laughs> yeah. only I may plug headphones secretly on this podcast. Um, and yeah, some other bits and pieces, but essentially audio. So there's not like a huge amount of crossover with the guitars and stuff, you know. So um, don't worry, there's not going to be. So you can slag everything off with, definitely without getting fired. What, I mean, when have I when have I ever done that? I mean, yeah, nothing's going to change basically. <laughs> so it, it was funny because I I was a little bit like. Oh, I don't know if I like start you know if once I say that I work for Fender people are gonna and I, I, I went back and I actually recently I listened to the first GAC podcast yeah and if you listen to that like the first thing that comes out of my mouth is Bahartelian Blues Junior mate like it's one of the like so there's 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 precedent there you don't need to worry nothing's gonna change I still love Fender mate that's okay. that's the funny thing isn't it because when I when I came out and said I was doing the boss thing and I'm like oh I've been really biased towards boss and actually you guys have known me for so long that I've only ever really talked about boss and you've yeah. only ever really talked about Fender I know completely so we kind of just ended up naturally washed ashore on our respective uh, 
islands. Absolutely. And all Mark needs to do now is work for the WWE. And, oh, yeah, uh, I mean, 100%. <laughs> and then we'll all be there. Just wait. There's like the first... Oh, bright- man, if we get Stone Cold on the, on the uh, <laughs> podcast... Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any. Are there any WWE celebrity guitar collectors? Don't think so. I was thinking about that though. So last week, obviously, uh, the Honky we, Tonk Man. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> but, but, I mean, we couldn't have him on. Too disrespectful <laughs> to guitars. Um, so I was thinking about that last week. So we had uh, Ian Lee come on the podcast to talk about his new show and guitars and stuff. And obviously, we do a load of cool interviews with people in the guitar world. Matt, uh, these all go on the Patreon channel. Um, Matt obviously does them with uh, pedal people and I've been talking to people who are very much in the guitar world but doing different stuff online. But we should try and get some celebrities on because I think you could talk to them in a way that no one else would interview them about, um, about guitars and stuff. Like, the one that I've got in mind, and this is a big, would be a huge get and would he ever be able to do it? Jason Momoa... So, Carl Drogo, Cal Drogo yeah. from Game of Thrones, Aquaman in upcoming uh, Justice League movie, massive guitar collector. Like, if you go on his Instagram, it's basically one of two things. Pictures of him with his shirt off or pictures of him in guitar shops going like, yeah, I just bought this 58, mate. Love it. <laughs> and, and I think you could have a really, really good conversation with him. Like, you know, request an interview and say, look, we, ne- we don't want to talk about... I mean, you can, you can plug it, but we don't want to talk about Justice League. Yeah. Don't want to talk about comics. No. We don't want to talk any about... We just want to talk about guitars for half an hour of your time. I don't think that's unreasonable. I think we could legit get some proper movie stars on the Guitar Nerds podcast. Yeah, and I think um, it's difficult though, isn't it? Because a lot of those, a lot of people like that are are only interested in plugging their stuff. And so like... But I don't think they would be. I think that yeah. they, if you were to go to their agent and say like, oh, we want to interview and they'd be like, get all the plugs in and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I reckon sure. we've got enough ins in the, in the world of stuff. Like, we know people who know actors. I reckon through, you know, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, as it were, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, um, we could we could get to these people, and I think we could do it. Yeah. I'll interview Aquaman any day of the week. <laughs> I'm so up for that. I think that would be great. Um, so, yeah, um, do, uh, if there's any celebrity uh, secret guitar Yeah, anybody nuts. who's into guitars who isn't known for yeah. being into guitars, let us know. Um, thingy, uh, Neil from Art Attack, Neil Buchanan, yes, massive guitar right. collector, Marseille. He he it's would be great. His guitar collection is basically all Les Paul Juniors and like a couple of Les Paul Customs, from what I remember. And he can talk really eloquently about all the guitars and stuff and like gigs he's done. And I kind of want to get him on and never mention Art Attack and just go, God, guitars are brilliant, aren't they? And hopefully go, yeah, they are. I've got loads. Do you want to talk yeah. about them? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that would be super cool. So if you're listening and you've got, if you know anyone. Firstly, if you know celebrities who are big guitar nuts uh, and would want to guitar, come, guitar nuts, guitar nerds, there we um, go. And uh, if they, you think that they could talk for half an hour about their guitar collection with us, I mean, even if they can't, we like, if will they just sit there and listen to us? Well, uh, they I could, mean, they could that's do. fine. That's usually how my conversations go with people nowadays. Yeah, they just sit at you dribbling, and I just say, "Oh, do you know what's great? Fender PA." Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, so yeah, just a little bit of housekeeping about some upcoming plans and stuff, but also another bit of housekeeping, something that we just found out today, something gone really uh, screwy with the uh, iTunes podcast feed. So if you're hearing this and you did subscribe on iTunes and you still get the episode, do let us know. I suspect that that's not going to happen and people who don't listen on iTunes are going to get this fine and by next week this will all be cleared up. Um, but yeah, working through it now. It looks as though there's some weird iTunes store glitch that has caused it. Because um, our feed got replaced by somebody else's feed. Is that right? Yeah. So basically, the way that podcasts work are you submit a fi- so where we host our podcasts spits out a file, an RSS feed. So it's basically a feed of information that contains text. And an, and an MP3 in this case, but it can contain other things. So you basically give that to your podcast app. So in my case, I use Pocket Casts on Android. Um, and I put the feed in and that then knows to look for to see if a new file has been put into that feed. And that's why it downs, downloads it. 
you also give that feed to iTunes as a as a podcast producer. You give that feed to iTunes and say, "This is where our podcast is." Every time a new episode comes in, make sure that everyone who's subscribed to it in iTunes then gets that new episode. Now, for some reason, what I think has happened is that iTunes have put another feed where Guitar Nerds is, basically, or should be. So everyone who's now subscribed to Guitar Nerds, for some reason, all received an episode from this other girl's feed. It's called, like, Into It With Amelia or something, Into It With Emily. And I don't know what... I didn't even listen to the episode, but... And I don't know why it's happened, but I think by next week we should have fixed it. So if you're hearing this, well done, because I think this episode is going to be a bit difficult to find. Um, well, alternatively, maybe our feed has been dropped into somebody else's. So well, maybe this could have happened. So maybe, I, some, maybe someone who was expecting a cooking show yeah. is now listening to us, although uh, they've probably sh- turned off by yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going to turn on and go, Bo Banton. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's a strange cake. Yeah. But, you know, someone might find our voices soothing when they're expecting them. Excuse their... me? Well, indeed. <laughs> um, um, so, if yeah, if you're still listening to this, well done, because I think it'll be hard to find. Um, if you're listening to it on iTunes, it's probably next week by now. So the next bit of the podcast is not going to be so relevant because we're going to dive headfirst into... News... Indeed. Um, so, first bit of news. PRS announced the shockingly expensive John Mayer Private Stock Super Eagle 2. Matty, you love a bit of John Mayer. You love a bit of PRS. Ugh. Tell us about it. Well, it was funny because I've been reading some comments and someone went, why are we even discussing this? How many folks are going to be willing to shell out 11 to 12 grand on a guitar? This is just nonsense. Well, I can tell you exactly 100 people that are going to shell out for a uh, £12,000 job, Mayor. Yeah. The 100 people that bought the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're a John Mayer fan and you can afford a £12,000 guitar... You can you afford one another out, one. You can afford another one. Yeah. It's not a one-off purchase. If you've got that sort of money... I've, we've worked, all worked in guitar shops long enough to know... There are some some people out there that are serious collectors, um, but there's twenty left for those hundred that have um, you know already bought one because they bought the first one. They're making one hundred and twenty this time, so you know if you missed out the first time, you might get another chance. But yeah, basically, I'm amazed they announced it so quickly because it's only it's been like less than a year because I saw the original one in like October last year. Um, so yeah once again an upgraded super eagle um the one he's been using on his tour and the dead and company tour which is where he's playing with um the grateful dead uh slightly longer scale length than an all prs uh 25.375 and specially wound pickups with 25.375 classic what's what's that extra awkward what's that just to be awkward 23.375 so that's an extra tenth of an inch the... <laughs> I'm sure it's probably something to do with the tension. Yeah, it's probably something to do with string tension, was or he, what, you know. Yeah, but then I again, if so. you're John Mayer and PRS is going to go, look, I'm going to make this guitar. I'm probably going to give you a cut of it. You know, they're going to be expensive. Yeah, you'd a, be yeah. like, mm, oh, neck doesn't feel right. Oh no, they're scrabbling around. What can we do? John doesn't like the guitar. Oh, add a tenth of an inch onto the neck. Nailed it! Wow, you know, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, it's it, these these are the ultimate private stock guitars, basically. Wait, um, no, sorry, I've just that I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's not, is it? Because it's twenty five and a half normally, or twenty four and three quarters. Yeah, so, so it's, it's not twenty five and so a it's, quarter. It's down to so fender scale length. Yeah, yeah, it's down from fender scale length. Yeah, but by still quite an odd one. <laughs> by a. Point, <laughs> of a of, of a uh, of an inch really weird yeah it is really weird i'm sure it's got something to do with um point one two five tension or something but um so you get three john mayer um designed narrow field pickups uh, each with their own quill tap you get the um audio preamp that was in the last one with the treble boost um you get all the usual gubbins there's like a hand-drawn and hand-signed sticker inside as well um private stock curly maple back which is like all one piece i mean it's an impressive looking instrument like nonetheless i mean they prs always have been they've not necessarily been the guitar that i've been drawn to on a high-end sort of thing but visually they are pretty pretty incredible um yeah limited to 120 uh most stores will probably only get one that's obviously worldwide um, but yeah, an impressive instrument. There's 
there's just so much going on with it. Like, there's there's so much going on. You know, you've got the the quadruple A flame, or yeah. maybe that's one step above because it's extremely flamey. Yeah. The F hole, the extra pickup that's in there, the three mini toggle switches. Then the other toggle switch. Wait, why is there three mini toggle switches? Because there's three toggle switches, so you've got pickup. coil split for each pickup. Okay. And then you've got two extra toggle switches, one for the treble boost and one for the oh, active God. boost. See what I mean? Like, it just looks... it. What I like about it, though, from far away... Cause I'm, it's, it's quite subtle. Yeah, it's quite subtle. And even the fact that they've gone for that... Um, are they called narrow field those, that middle yeah. pickup Matty yeah. the narrow field in the middle like from a distance that just kind of looks like a two humbucker PRS without any weird yeah. stuff yeah. going on um, so it is quite good that it's all hidden I like away. those narrow field pickups as well they yeah. came on the Swampash Studios yeah they I were think, great oh, yeah. the first one, so they were great guitars they um, they also did um, do you remember when they bought our range of guitars they changed was it called the V11 finish or something like that? Or V12 finish? The V12 fin- finish, Something yeah. like that. Was and it V12? So, uh, that's just... No, V12 sounds like the financed company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's like V11. It might have even been V12 as well, but um, they brought out a new, like, thinner finish and they brought out a range of guitars that had three of those narrow field pickups in. Um, for me, that was the best sounding PRS and they didn't do any flame tops from what I remember. I think they were just like... Black I'm pretty sure that white. was the Swampash Studio. No, it had it, it had its own name. The Swampash Studios had two humbuckers and one of those narrow field pickups in there. Um, but yeah, it had th- three of those yeah. narrow. I know, I know which one you're thinking. I just can't think of the name. But they were they were great guitars because they just. I think you know for for I suppose players like us who aren't necessarily drawn to that real high spec flame top finish. They were just a cool looking guitar that was sort of like plain. Yeah. And they just like they kind of just looked like a more normal guitar, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. And this, you know, although up close this has got all that flamey stuff going on, actually there's a photo I was just looking at of um John Mayer playing one of these guitars live. From a distance, it actually looks quite understated. It's not like he's gone for a really fancy sunburst, it's just a pretty I mean, what colour are they actually calling it? Hemp green. Hemp green. Um, and it's pretty understated. And, you know, there's there's always going to be kind of naysayers who are like, oh, it's PRS, it's really flamey. Um, but I think on this, actually, they've gone for something quite subtle, despite yeah, the fact that it's got all the ridiculous switching and stuff on it. Yeah. And I think the thing is, people are like, oh, it's so expensive. Like, who's going to buy it? And it's like, every time someone talks about it, that that's their market. They almost don't need to do any marketing. They just need to release it and people will start sharing it because of the price. Yeah, completely. The price it's- is part of the kind of the marketing it's really? free marketing for them because they'll sell all those guitars and they've had a load of people online going, oh, John Mayer, PRS, expensive. John Mayer, PRS, expensive. You know, constantly chatting about it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a it's free... genius in free, one way. Totally. I think it's, it's almost like if it was half the price, it would probably go unnoticed. Yeah, And I think totally. that's the thing. There's a lot of Gibson custom shops that are coming out now. I mean, I've been obviously out of the loop for a little while. And looking at some of the collector's choice, up to like collector's choice fifty. Yeah, and some of I them didn't are like they eight, still... no... Yeah, they're still doing them, and some of them are like eight or nine thousand pounds. But they're they're too expensive just... to be a guitar that a normal person would buy. But they're yeah. not special enough to be a collector's, a collector's guitar. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're not enough money almost. Yeah, um, and there's not well, especially the other, th- and of course, you know, when they first came out, when we were working in in GAC, that. It was okay, cool. Collector's choice. I'm a collector. I'll get one of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they brought out another one. I'll get one of them. But, oh, they brought out another one. I'll get one of them. But once you get up to number fifty, you're not going to. People have them. are like, okay, well, hang on a yeah, sec. Yeah, yeah. But also, when they first came out, they were collectors, or they were famous they were guitars. Really well known. Yes. yes. And now it's really like, well oh, known. it's Bobby, Bob Knobs, Les Paul. Um, do you want this? It's nine grand. And you're like, well, it's nice, but I mean, what's the story? Yeah, you know, completely. There's got to be a story to a 10 grand guitar. Yeah. So, um, Jay Cross, do you want to tell us about another new, new guitar out this week? Um, the Epiphone Lee Marlia Explorer Custom Artisan Outfit. Absolutely. Do it. So I tell you what, I, I'm really into this. Okay. This looks absolutely yep. fantastic. So we've talked a lot about the... It's come up a lot recently as well, the Lee Marlia... Um, Les Paul, and um, basically what he's done is he's released an Epiphone, um, an Explorer in exactly the same 
um, with the same aesthetics. So it's got that uh, that walnut finish, gold hardware, same pickups, which is a, a, a P94, um, which I think is also maybe what was in the Billy Joe Armstrong. No, no, no. Uh, is that, that's, is that, that was a... It was a P100. P100, yeah. They're a um, humbucker-sized uh, P90. Is That's what the P94 is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. So there's that. Um, and then a um, 84 TLM. I don't know what that is. Uh, probably a pr- I think something it's... the Lee Marlia, maybe. ELM. That's his initials. Indeed. I got you. Yeah. So um, it's got the same pickups in that the, um, the Les Paul does. Um, mahogany body, maple cap, um, and the thing that the other thing that makes it, I think, better than the Les Paul is because it's an Explorer. It has an Explorer headstock and not the standalone Epiphone headstock, yep. which has always been a bit of a hard pass for me. Which I realise is uh, a bit cold to be so dismissive about a guitar because of some of the aesthetics. But I just, I just don't like the look of the headstock. Yeah, yeah. And with this. It's got an Explorer headstock, which is super cool. Also, um, you've got the old-style split trapezoid uh, inlays on there as well. Really nice. Um, And, yeah, just a great-looking guitar. You know, like you say, we talked so much about the uh, the Les Paul over the, what, two, three years that that's been out? Yeah. um, That this is cool. Can you remind me, what band does he play with? Bring Me The Horizon. Uh, Okay, so, yeah, I mean, I guess it's metal stuff well it's not that metal though is it it looks a bit classier than not that I'm sorry not that I'm uh, trying to both guitars look a bit I mean in terms of how the the sound of that band I guess yeah of course but they're very very poppy they're very poppy metal which is why the P90 makes sense switch to the neck pick up for something a little bit cleaner you know the other thing that's in there that's quite interesting and I don't think was in the Les Paul or if it was I didn't know about it Um, and that's that you can um, the uh, the humbucker in the bridge is coil splittable and um, th- there's a dummy coil in under the scratch plate yeah. so that when you've got uh, the bridge pickup in coil split mode you don't get any it's still noiseless uh, yeah, that, that was on the night, Epiphone Nighthawk yeah. was it on the, the Nighthawk? Okay. I don't think or it was the on the Lee Marlia though was it? One. I don't, it wasn't on the Les Paul because I don't no. think the Les Paul had contacts. As far as I'm aware, I don't remember it ever, anyone ever talking about it. No, neither do I. But that's a cool idea, though, isn't it? To have that kind of like dummy pickup in there. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that I do like about this, just to go on a slight tangent, is um, I think the exact words of the press release are um, there is a dummy coil to eliminate 60 cycle hum, which is something we've been plotting to do. <laughs> <laughs> for for about three years and Epiphone have got there before us well they might have done it by uh, inserting a random podcast into our podcast feed <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> sabotage I say <laughs> sabotage um, so let's move on to some more news Matt do you want to tell us about the uh, new Supro 168 Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 5RT Neptune Reverb. Indeed. If there's one thing that we don't see enough of in the UK at the moment, it is Supro amplifiers, which is very disappointing because they are making some amazing stuff at the moment. Definitely. Um, this basic basic rundown, Supro obviously make super simple um, amplifiers that are kind of just big, clean platforms for kind of that kind of take on a AC30 versus Fender Twin, which is exactly what this is. 25-watt all-valve 2x12 combo. Um developed bizarrely in partnership with SIR which are one of the US's largest backline rental companies because I would imagine they've probably had oh can we rent a twin oh I took it on tour and it broke oh can I rent an AC30 it's like it's just because those things get knocked around so much I suppose they've kind of gone why don't we just you know do something new as it were um and with the uh, Dave Coulthard from Pigtronics behind it they've kind of 
done a what they do a self biting power amp um, with a full class A tube driven tremolo as well which is really nice and tube driven spring reverb that runs on four springs in a 17 inch tank crikey <laughs> so that's like mega splashy yeah that is a big sounding reverb um so yeah i guess they're kind of they're they're going after the the twin and an ac market um i think yeah a, i think it's a great sound and and dollars which i was like that seems crazy cheap yeah yeah it also i think is um when they're talking about the requirements of this rental company i think it's yes about what other companies are doing but i think it's also about what supra are doing so i, I think it's the first 212 combo that they do I don't yeah, think I think they've had a lot of requests for maybe the same thing but in a 212 because they've obviously had a lot of 112 combos. Yeah. Um but yeah, I just this just seems like a great amplifier. Yeah. I think so as well. It's the first one to me that's kind of stood out as like okay, this is like a proper big gigging Supro yeah. because before, you know, they've done experiments with doing, you know, the smaller speakers and stuff. They didn't even do a little 8 combo I think at one point. They've done a couple of small ones. Did they do one with a 15 as well? Yeah. They did a 15-inch one. No, but they, none of them have kind of... They've all sounded good, but they've never kind of... One's never, like, hit me. And then just kind of reading the press release that got sent to us on this, I'm like, man, this actually it sounds like a, just a good, clean, loud amp. Yeah. That you basically plug a telly into and just go straight in, and that's, and that's it. Um, yeah. I don't know if you saw the... Um they've on on the super website they've stuck up some photos and there are some photos of the amp in profile so like looking lengthways down it and the front panel is actually angled up so um presumably you know how most people when they get when they've got a combo like this you know a little combo you just tilt it back yeah you don't need to with this because it's already angled up slightly yeah i don't know are the drive because all the super combos are like that from from memory. are they all like yeah, that yeah I think so I don't, I don't remember seeing it like that yeah before. I'm sure Matt you probably I correct. think some of them are some of them are right, I okay. think the blue tail like the rhino blue ones or the vintage reissue ones have yeah. all been slightly angled oh, I I I've never noticed before you know um, and do you know if is the speaker in there on the baffle is that actually angled or is it just flat um, I don't know they've not mentioned it um i think they are i think they are angled because i think the baffle is obviously you've got the wooden baffle and i think it's in line at the same angle as the the, um, the grill cloth okay interesting it'd be kind of cool to get some clarification on that we should um we should have a look it's got the same speakers that are in that uh black magic amp of theirs which the speakers were they they say that they're british voiced which means i assume they are celestians (laughs) Uh, well, you know, Celestian voiced, Celestian voiced. Um, what drivers were in the Black Magic? Was it just a single? It, no, no, off? no. The sa- uh, oh, uh, yeah. You don't know, do I you? I don't know. Okay, no, one twelve or two ten. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. So exactly. So that's what I'm saying. I think this is the first time they've done a they've 2-12, done an actual two twelve. So, yeah, right, cool. Slightly less boxy, kind of big gigging, uh, gigging rig. I mean, they, as all super amps do, they look absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So classy, yeah, yeah, so so classy. I want to, um, I want to try some more Supra stuff. I've not had a chance to sit down with the whole range. I need to just sit in and give some a uh, give some a go. The issues that I, the issue I always had with them when we first got them in at, at GAC was that that so often they just didn't have any controls. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, it was so limited controls. Whereas this has got like a full EQ. Um, speed and depth for the tram amount actually, of reverb. It doesn't have a full EQ. It's got it's got a two band EQ. Well, still. that's full enough. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, great. I can't wait to see this. this looks fantastic. Um, Jay Cross, do you want to tell us a little bit about the brand new uh, pedal from TC Electronic, the Pipeline Tap Tremolo? Yeah, absolutely. So this um, this obviously, you know, TC brought these pedals out. What they the 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 tone print pedals came out. What like six years ago? Ooh. Five, six, know. seven years ago, think, maybe. Matt? No, more than that. Yeah, maybe more. No, two thousand ten, I think it was that they came out. So, I mean, you know, obviously, it's um, it's a shame that they're replacing the existing tremolo they had. Oh, hang on a sec. No, they're not because for some reason they'd never done a tremolo pedal before. Yeah, it's so weird that they'd never, they'd never done it. Obviously, they had the the um, shaker, which was the vibrato pedal. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, they've never actually done a tremolo before, even with all of those um, uh, the 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 pedals, the cheaper pedals that came out earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, they none of those were tremolos either. I am really? pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure. Wow, okay. I'm pretty sure. So this is the first time I've ever done it. So um, it looks cool. It looks really nice. It's got like a really cool like surfy um, pale blue. Uh, vibe going on. Um, that's, got that's green, mate. Pale blue green. That's surf green. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. My, oh I yeah. S- now I've tilt. Now I've tilted my computer back. It does look a bit green. I assume it's called the pipeline because isn't that like a surfing thing, like going down the sort of like uh, when the waves form a little pipe? Oh, maybe. Um, and it's a surfy sounding tremolo. And there's a surfboard and it's on the surf uh, green, and there's a and surfboard surf on green. the pedal. See? I think you're right. So, I think you've cracked it. They, I mean, they bamboo- bamboozled you. So. Well, yes, they did. <laughs> they did. But um, yeah, it looks really cool. So you've got. Um, a number of different uh shapes that you can choose for your uh for your um your wave and then a number of different subdivisions that you can choose from and it's fully tone printable um looks cool i'm into it I'd i like think to hear it. um the only thing is that i thought is very weird considering like what the big competition is in tremolo at the moment uh, what's that what's it's that mono what, what would you what would you competition oh, it be, is then? mono you're right I hadn't noticed, but it is mono. It, that is very weird. Because, I mean, well, we last week we talked about the Strymon. You know, yeah. Obviously, the Flint being one of the most popular ones out there, and that's the one that a lot of people go for, or people are going for, you know, H9s or, or whatever that have got trem sounds on because people want to run it in stereo because you get that kind of pushing and putting the speakers across two amps. I guess the difference is... So like, it seems weird that it's in, in mono. Because well, yeah. all the other ones, the, the Helix Phaser, the Vibe, the Chorus, the Flanger... Are all in stereo yeah that is weird that the rest of it's mono and the rest of the line are stereo but i mean yeah. i guess the difference is this is a quick go-to tremolo it's not like yeah, it will be a hundred quid i didn't realize the no flint... it's the same price as the other ones which is how much like 120 they're, they're 149 now 149 wow, quid. Okay. see i didn't realize something like the flint had crept up to 299 now, yeah, they were really. two. They were two. They were two four nine when I was in the shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two nine nine is a lot for because. So I'm putting together a um a video for the channel at the moment, which is the top ten best effects pedals you can buy right now, and um just full stop. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and I put the flint in there, and then after I, I I'd written the script and sort of got all the details, and then as I was reading it out for the video, I was like, and it can be yours for just two nine. Oh, Two nine nine is quite a lot of money these <laughs> these days. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I was a bit kind of shocked to see that. So I guess this is kind of uh, antithesis of that. Really, it's just a, a fairly affordable pedal that you can just grab and stick on your pedal board and and go. But for me, the thing, the overriding thing for me is I'm just glad that um, TC haven't fully disbanded the project that they started with those compact pedals that they um put together you know however long ago it was they've actually done all the things they could do well, now. No, no i don't mean that I, I mean when the 15 cheap pedals were announced um i kind of worried okay this is where they're going now yeah. we've sort of with the the glory days of tc are maybe you know starting to disappear but that doesn't appear to be the case you know they're still doing these um these cool compact pedals um I, I'm, I'm just really glad because i've got such a i've got such a, a place in my heart for like the hall of fame and the yeah. flashback and i just you know i think they're a, they're a, a cool company and i just don't want it to i don't want things to disappear for them speaking of cool companies matt do you want to take uh, tell us about the latest release from jhs pedals Yes, the um, they've been teasing this one for a while on Instagram, and they've just kind of had like plain boxes, kind of short little fifteen second clips, and then they've finally announced the updated and reissued JHS Pink Panther Delay. Um, so they actually made this pedal about ten years ago, and they made less than a hundred, um, and they kind of then discontinued it, moved into other things. I think the production cost was maybe a little bit too high at the time. Um, and now they're a much bigger company. They're one of the kind of bigger players in the sort of boutique pedal market. I think it was about time that they sort of reissued it. Um, and what I really like is that they've kind of gone a bit like the Strymon dig where they're going, it is a digital delay. We're not trying to model an, an analog delay. He's based it off um, one of his favorite delay pedals, um, the 
the DD5. Bizarrely enough, that's the one people always uh, ask me, and they're like, "Oh, you know what? You should bring back the DD5," <laughs> uh, which I always thought was weird when I started hearing it. But it's it's been a really really popular pedal. But yeah, the DD uh, the DD5, the old Ibanez DE7, yeah, like that's been making a huge comeback in like social. Like they've been talking about it loads on um, Tone Mob and Sixty Cycle Hum. Like loads of people have been buying them. Um, the old um, DOD ones. So they're sort of like late 90s digital delay pedals basically that kind of aren't super crisp but they don't have the kind of high-end roll-off that you get on a on an analog delay i need to um, i need to reevaluate a dd5 because i remember them sounding okay um but there's so much love for them that i need to um i need to yeah. go back and check one out i think yeah um and i think the nice thing about this is they've kind of added in a little bit of modulation with the mod switch um you've got a few tap tempos they've added in a tape mode so if you really do want that kind of uh, more saturated and compressed sound you it's on there um yeah i think it was um it was great but they've put note this is a digital delay with no intention of giving you smooth spaceship oscillations as you turn the time slash speed knob that the uh that's the panther cubs job which is their bigger like analog brother yeah 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 um, but this looks like a cool pedal and it's in pink sparkle which is always so, the best I've got a yes. pink. I've got a pink JHS pedals T-shirt on right now, so you know that I'm fully behind the new Pink Panther. Um, but, and th- um, yeah, it looks really interesting. I'm I'm down. Yeah, me too. Another pedal I reckon that we're going to be down with uh, is the Midforia, the latest release from Magnetic Effects. Jay Cross, you've got the deets. Yeah. So um, what's interesting about this is um, you know Magnetic Effects are a, a company who we've been you know chirping on about yep. a lot over the last couple years or so um and they but they don't actually have that many pedals in their lineup no and they they keep up they update them and stuff but there tends not not to be tends not to be there tends not to be good um that many new releases yes and what's funny about this is so the midphoria is a cocked wah and they kind of already did a cocked wire okay with their double feature but the double feature was a twin pedal that um also had like a fuzz side to it so one side was fuzz right and the other side was um this cocked wire and what they've done here is they've just given you a little bit more um control which, which is i think quite a funny way to go about it what they've done is they want you to have the option to have a cocked wire but they want you to have a little bit more control and a little bit more flexibility over their existing pedal that's a coctoir, but not so much control and flexibility as for it to be an no, actual wild wild. pedal. Yeah. Um, but no, this looks really, really cool. So you've got um, uh, uh, volume, and uh, which they say will offer the option to um, just work as a really nice clean boost as well. Okay. Um, and yeah, you just dial in the sweet spot for where you want your um, where you want your coctoir position to be. And uh, and you go from there, and it looks fantastic as well. Like a really cool um, kind of like moddy design, maybe. I'm not sure. It looks fantastic. I, I would think. say 70s carpet. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. W H Smith carpet. Yeah, yeah. My favourite. The thing that account. I like is that you um, you can actually dial in more clean sound. Yes. As well. Um, so you kind clean of clean blend. Yeah, so you can basically pick the frequency you want, but it's not so necessarily so like harsh. Yeah, because you can dial in some of the clean sound. But I've been messing. I've finally kind of started playing around with a wire a bit more recently because I've got one on my board and I never step on it. But actually, when you find the sweet spot, sometimes you just like, oh, it really picks I'll out like certain frequencies. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's so the actually thing. it's quite good. But yeah, used by so many people, those those sort of kind of like parked wire sounds. I was um I was doing a little bit of uh once this after this was announced I was doing a little bit of digging around the internet because the only other um coctoir that I could think of was the um EHX cockfight yeah and I was thinking like oh isn't that funny you know pedal a type of fit that you don't really hear about very often and then two get released in the same year yeah and I just had a look and actually the electroharmonics cockfight came out in two thousand and fifteen. Uh, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. I just can't believe if, how, how, you know, how long ago that was. That was the year and when they... if you they... go all the way back to 1977, you could buy a Boss SP1, 
which is effectively exactly the same thing. No one wants that, Matty. Here we go. Here we go. Um, but um, wait for the SP1W. That's my advice. What I um I I also found they did a um which they don't do anymore. But there was um there was a crybaby. Yeah. The crybaby Q zone. Yeah, yeah. Which was like, looks like an MXR pedal. Yeah. Um, they did a didn't they do a Kerry King signature? They did. As did well. they? Yeah, they did. I yeah. don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some cool stuff. A lot of weird, like that's a full range of stuff. A guitar, a couple of guitars, an amp, amp, and a few effects. Yeah. See, we do talk about guitars on Guitar Nerds <laughs> all the time. Anyway, with that, we should dive headfirst into a big old barrel of questions. I don't like being the one who has to do this because he'll I'm, be back next because week. Because I'm not as good as Joe, and I, I know that I'm not as good as Joe, and I don't like that at this very one specific thing. I should add. I'm not as good as Joe at that one specific thing. And I don't like that being highlighted. Okay. Everything so maybe I need to... Joe. Everything, oh, yeah, completely. You know. Yeah. I mean, I agree. He's okay. got a bad moustache on you. I can't grow a moustache. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Well, there we go. Um, Next week, by the way, podcast is my birthday week. So if you guys don't do anything special for me, I'll be very, very upset. Um, <laughs> we are... Um, we're all going to get drunk and we're going to swear loads so that you have to go home and do loads of editing. Good. Thanks for we're that. Gonna, um, we're going to say loads of libelous stuff. Oh, that's and the worst. you're going to have to go through and edit it all. That's the worst because the swears can stay in and it's not the worst thing in the world. Whereas... When Joe says stuff about... His when, competition. When Joe <laughs> says bad things about people who are probably all right, um, <laughs> that's when I have to actually edit it out. Anyway, uh, Matt says, pick up advice, please. I have a Chris Shiflet Telecaster Deluxe and I'm considering some different pickups. I play in a pop rock function band and use the clean channel of a Fender Hot Rod FSR with a Tube Screamer and OCD as my main pedals. Um, what do we think, Matt? Pe- uh, pickups for Chris Shiflet. It's weird because I'd like to know maybe what he doesn't like about them because if you're playing in like a pop rock thing through a fender i think those chris shifflets sound great as they are because they see more duncans in those right yeah they are that's right the only thing i would say is that if he's in a covers band it's not the most flexible guitar because there's no coil taps or anything in there yeah so maybe that's something to consider yeah maybe i mean maybe going for like more vintage path style would be maybe like be lower output like lower output so kind of works with drives a bit better they're a bit like bassier and they're kind of a bit richer sounding so you could go for maybe um I was gonna, in fact i'm not sure i was gonna say sh seymour duncan sh2s or like the jb jazz but i'm sure there's something similar to that in there now well um, actually just looking at it looking at the spec there it looks as though they're not seymour duncan no, in I, there. I don't think they? they are it was just double checking they were no, I, I don't think they are. And uh, but um, they're, so they're called CS ones, and I think they're just Fender pickups. I yeah. think they're they're um, you know voiced specifically for the Chris Shiflet. But if you, as I just did just then, if you have a quick Google and type in Chris Shiflet Telecaster pickups, um, oh, it's black now. I didn't know that. That's oh, cool. That's nice. Yeah, I like they that. do a black one. You seen the black one, Matty? No. Yeah, there's a black one, black and shoreline gold. I thought it only came in white. Yeah, that's nice. I like those two colours. Really nice. Um, that yeah, that black looks really cool. Anyway, um, yeah. So if you Google it, basically you, the first thing Google that comes the, up is is an interview with him by Seymour Duncan that says Chris Shiflet, longtime user of uh, Seymour Duncan pickups. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So presumably, if they are it says um, right there. So yeah, they're they're, they're called yeah, uh, CS humbuckers. Yeah, so, so they'll yeah. be Fender oh, okay. Seymour well, Duncan style, probably. Yeah. Maybe, I I mean, as a good all-round versatile kind of rock and vintage humbucker set, um, JB and 59. Yep. Seymour Duncan. I mean, that's the classic combo, really. Yeah, that would um, Um, would definitely work. You know, you've got a high output bridge. You've got a lower output um, neck position. They clean up really well. Um, The bridge will give you all the big rock sounds. Uh, You could coil tap them if you wanted to but they clean up really nicely and they're really responsive to your tone control. I mean, the other... And they wouldn't be overly expensive because we could start going into bare knuckles or kind of Monty's pickups, but if you're looking at 200, 250 quid, you know, it can get pretty pricey. The other combination I'd recommend uh, is the what they call the... Oh, I can't remember what they call it now, but the the JB and Jazz um, is another one. So JB in the bridge and Jazz in the neck. 
uh, is another one. There is another option, of course, maybe the Fat Cat in the neck, the Seymour Duncan Fat Cat, which is the humbucker size P90. Do the yeah. um, the same as that Lee Marley guitar. Yeah. You know, if you're looking at kind of a kind of poppier rock band these days, I guess Bring Me the Horizon are, are up there. Yeah, I, um, I actually prefer the other way though, and having the P90 in the bridge. Yeah, because then you get a really grungy kind of like rocky sound in the bridge, but then you get really smooth sounds um, in the neck. You could definitely do that as well. Yeah, but you'd have to be careful to balance it out. So maybe like the Fat Cat, and then a f- like a one of the paths, like the the 59. Um, yeah. that would probably they'd probably meet up output wise roughly I guess yeah or the SH2 I think is one of the lowest output ones is that the Jazz SH2 is that the Jazz I don't know I always get confused because some people call it the Jazz or the JB but then they also have the because they always say the Slash set but I think the Slash set is just the same as an SH4 right yeah I think so and it doesn't really make any sense that number it that that numbering never made any sense to me i'm sure there's a technical reason behind it yeah 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 so um yeah a few different options but i think if you don't want to spend mega money and you want something versatile then seymour duncan do some great sets the the way to actually get the best value for money is go for one of their pre-built sets um like the whatever the set is called that's the jb and the jazz i think would be, i think it's uh, just i've just had a look i think they just call it jb jazz set yeah yeah i think that would be a good option and um, joe says i fancy a wee treat uh 50 pound 60 pound pedal or something any recommendations thinking about the ehx crayon matty what are you saying 50 or 60 quid new or second hand what are you thinking i kept i kept reading it. i was like crayon i was like but the canyon i'm sure the canyon's like way way more money and i was like oh wait no crayon yeah um i don't know i was actually just having a look and a list through a load of cool sort of pedals for that sort of money there's um, the Hotone Crush Bit Crusher, which is 70 quid if you want to go totally out there. Um, one pedal we, we've mentioned before and actually would be kind of really practical and it's a bit weird, the Electro Harmonics Analogizer. Oh, oh yeah. Because yeah. that is a bit weird and it is a bit of fun, but it works so well with other pedals. And if you've got like a digital delay pedal or something like that, or you want to just add some weirdness to a drive... That is a cool pedal. Yeah. It doesn't do a whole lot, but... It doesn't do a whole lot on its own. No. But it does a lot when you put it with other pedals. Yeah. I really liked how uh, they marketed it um, as, like, um, behind a um, delay, behind a digital delay to give it a bit more warmth. Yeah. I've, I thought that sounded fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Really nice. Um, Jay, any thoughts? 50, 60 quid? I tell you what I've been thinking about buying okay. for fifty or sixty quid. A um, lot of pizzas. Is yeah, like is yeah, five pizzas or yeah, so. In. Um no, I, I really want a random tone generator. I was just thinking about that <laughs> and I couldn't remember what it was called. It's like yeah, okay. Again, again, electroharmonics, the RTG was is so weird and completely pointless. Um but fantastic. Yeah. Just sounds really, really weird and cool. I'm not sure it's quite what uh joe is suggesting um but it might be cool putting it into um because there's no input there's only an output yeah. you can't put anything into the random tone generator it just um produces random tones sorry it <laughs> generates random <laughs> tones um but it might be cool putting it into if you've got um a pedal that has got an effects loop built in maybe sticking it into the return of the effects loop or um if you've got a pedal that's got um stereo in um pop it into there just to kick it in every now and again whilst you're doing actually you know what you could use we know we talked about that matthews effect like stereo to mono yeah some. you could just buy something like that and have a tone generator and run that in line with the guitar, basically. Yeah, and then run it in line with the guitar. Or, yeah, or just a cheap uh, like Fender AB box, I suppose. But those little Matthew effects, you can actually put it under the pedal board and then you could just turn the random tone generator on or off when you wanted it to. And yeah. it would run like in parallel, wouldn't it? I mean, surely any cheap ABY box would do the same job. Yeah, but I suppose they just take up more space yeah i'm always thinking about space mark i know i know i know of course of course and one other person who's thinking about space uh, is Stuart, who says can you recommend a good expression pedal now in the um in the facebook group he was talking about something that's not too bulky uh, and not mega money um matt you're probably the man to ask about this the uh, expression pedal to go for 
Yeah, um, well, unfortunately, it's going to have to be my uh, product of the week, my product placement of the week. <laughs> oh, Matt Knight, come on. Um, well, I mean, I've used a Roland EV5 for ages, um, but I, the problem I found with those was that they were obviously a bit, they're plastic. Yeah. Um, they're, they're obviously still solid, but they are plastic. And, and actually, if you look recent, like recently, people making expression pedals like Dunlop, uh, mission engineering. I mean, some of the mission engineering expression pedals are like nearly 200 quid. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Uh, and the Dunlop, I think the, was it called the Dunlop X? The the Volume X, which I think was also an expression to 134 quid. They're very bulky. They're bigger than most normal pedals. The Boss EV30, which was the expression pedal we did last year, um, 85 quid. Okay. And it's dual output. Um, so you can do two things at once. Uh, they can work in reverse. You've got a ju- adjustable um, sort of pedal feel. They're a smaller f- footprint than um, most other volume pedals. And you know it's going to be super sturdy. And it's all metal. So Jay, rock solid for me. Anything to counter? Any Fender products that you want to... <laughs> any sort of Fender expression pedals that you want to be? No, no, no. I'm, uh, I- I'll probably side with Matt on this one. Um, I-, I-, I do really like the... Um, the Dunlop uh, DVP, yeah, um, but it's very big. Yes, that's the problem. Um, I just I really liked treading on it. I thought it was extremely nice to tread on, yeah. and I thought that. But inherently, um, it, you know, you are. It's always going to be a trade-off between um, something that's comfortable and easy to use it, for that particular setting it's always going to be a trade-off between something that's comfortable and easy to use and something that takes up a lot of space yeah 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 so, definitely so um a couple of options there depending on how uh, how much of a sp- how much space is of a premium um, and with that we are almost up at an hour so we should wind this thing in um if you want to hear another half an hour of guitar nerds podcast podcast we'll be doing that over at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds um where we are going to talk about get ready chaps we are going to talk about our gear of the year so oh. far 20, for 2017. We're nearly halfway through the year. It's time to start thinking the first half of the year. You know, we've had Winter Nam, we've had a few other big shows. What has stood out? What could potentially make it onto our end of the year gear of the year list? This is quite handy as well because um, we can record this now. Yeah. And then on, you know, the middle of December the day before we record gear of the year we can go oh no we've forgotten everything exactly and we can go back and we'll listen it's to this it's useful for us and yeah. potentially interesting for everyone else but mainly useful for us yes saves us time when we're all boozed up near Christmas well completely indeed indeed. <laughs> if you want to hear that patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds we're from as little as one dollar a month you can support the guitar nerds podcast one dollar a month gets you access to uh, the regular podcast ad free and early five dollars a month gets you the extra half an hour every week plus all the interviews that we do plus the mini series Branton's Ranton plus access to the upcoming mini series Gear of Yesteryear where we look through old guitar mags and talk about their gear of the year choices um, and that gives you access to everything on the Patreon channel that I think is like we're creeping up on 90 hours something like that of content to listen to all for $5 a month there is one top tier our $10 executive producer level which means that we we read your name out on the regular podcast like this. How are we doing this? Derek Rich, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Steve Merkel, Blair Toms, Carlos Matcher, Andrew Macro, Mark Cross, JD Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page. Paul Gorrigan, Jack Godfrey, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Matt Quine, Phil Thompson, Laurie Anstis, Moog Rabbit, Colin, Colin, Colin Anderson, Colin. 
I didn't really judge the ending of that one, no, did I? very poor. Sorry. Very poor. Br- Branton would have done a better job with that one, I reckon. Okay, well, you can have him back next week. If you want more of that, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at guitar nerds. You can go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos, uh, where we've got a couple of new list videos going up and potentially uh, a pedal of the week video once Branton if he makes it through his studio ordeal um, and most importantly you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum where you can chat to other guitar nerds listeners you can submit questions for the podcast and you could submit questions uh, on the forum itself and uh, potentially you can find out if this podcast exists on iTunes post the last episode so are we just yelling into space we're all I feel like that's what we do every week um, <laughs> I mean yeah fair and, enough uh, but yeah there just happened to be some people out there who receive it yeah anyway thanks for listening we will speak to you next week cheers gang bye 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 The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.